0: Welcome back to the Wheel Takes Selly podcast. I'm Nick, your host, and I'm joined by Andy here. We also have a special guest with us. Um, we have Declan on the cast here. And if anybody doesn't know who Declan is, Declan is uh, the guy I sometimes mentioned in the uh, NHL group chat. Declan, if you want to say hello and, you know. What's going on, boys? Yourself, how please. are you? Yeah, I'm Declan.
1: Yeah. Uh, I live in California. Uh, a little bit different than these boys when they're up in Buffalo. So
2: it's a little bit different senior here. Yeah, man. Who's I was team. Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna- I like your team? team.
0: Oh, Kings, Nice. Right? Yeah. 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 Now nah, he's, he's been to a couple of uh Kings games this season. I think, um, I want, did you see them play the Ducks this season? Is that who you see? I
1: didn't see them play the Ducks, but I did go to game four of uh, the Kings Oilers. And that was a great game. Oh, uh, man. That was my first playoff game. And that was just electric. Like, that was just awesome, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that, that is incredible. Any any chance you get to go to a playoff game, you definitely take it. I've, I have never been to a Buffalo playoff game, womp, womp, but I've been to Boston games against the Leafs, <laughs> and that's a hell of an experience.
1: I gotta tell you, you won't be there for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No.
0: Gosh. Uh, but without further ado, this is episode 24. Uh, this is a Stanley Cup final review. Um, so, lo and behold, the season's over. Colorado has won the cup, and they beat the Lightning in six games. Um, if we go back to our predictions, Andy predicted that the Avalanche uh, would win in seven. I believe he wanted. He was hoping they'd. Part was five. five. Yeah, was 7 so <laughs> if my body averages out I nailed it. Here <laughs> yeah, I nailed the games but I just got the wrong opponent. I thought the Lightning were going in uh in 6 but it was the Avalanche that ended up taking it in 6. Um this was a, this had to be the best Stanley Cup finals I think we've seen in over a decade really. Um you know that this Avalanche and this Lightning team they paired well against one another and they were very fun games to watch. Um they had their blowouts for sure, you know, games two and three, um, you know, they they clearly went tit for tat in those games, you know, Avalanche winning seven, nothing in game two, and then Tampa responding six, two in game three. But other than that, these games were, you know, very well played. They were evenly matched. Uh, I think two of them even went to overtime. I think game one and game four ended up going to overtime. Um, and then, I think game six, to me, is game six I thought was going to go to overtime for sure. I really thought the Lightning were going to tie it up at two, but they ended up not. Um, but regardless, you know, very happy for this Avalanche team. Um, the Lightning don't end up three-peating, thank God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, was, was I, was, I don't think anybody wanted to see them three-peat. That was just, that was, uh, like, of all Corey teams. Corey Perry, <laughs> did. <laughs> oh, geez.
1: The whole oh country my was on Denver's side. I'm gonna tell you that.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It's so funny to see. Um, like I don't know if you guys ever see those maps for the Super Bowl where it shows the states and who they choose. Oh. My gosh. I bet oh, you yeah, the Avalanche yeah. had 49 out of 50 states, and the only state rooting for the lightning was, was Florida. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, guys. I
1: know. Right
2: they could have even had a good chunk of Florida for Colorado because all the Panthers fans down there wouldn't want to see the lightning repeat. Yeah. Right. They'd uh, have like 49.5 out of fifty <laughs> states. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> point.
0: Fair point. Um, but, um, you know, it's th- this Colorado avalanche team, they're, they're, they're an interesting team when you look at it. Uh, I don't think that this team could, could repeat just cause they have so many, uh, free agents and there's a lot of Question marks with this team heading into next season, but a hell of a performance by them this season. I was actually talking to Declan, and I I told Andy this too. This Avalanche team reminded me a lot of the two thousand twelve Kings. Um, both teams were well known for being stellar on the road. Uh, the the Kings in twenty twelve set the record for most road wins in a row with ten. This Avalanche team had a streak of I think seven, and then they. They lost it when they lost uh, game three, I believe, against the Lightning. So, I mean, those teams to me were very similar. Uh, Obviously, a stark difference between the two of them would have been uh, goaltending. Kemper by no means was equal to that of 2012 Quick. Not at all. I was going to go with their
2: seeding, too. That the too, yeah. is a little drastically different. That's fair, <laughs> right. yeah.
1: What team do you think was better, though? Like the 2012 Kings or the 2022 Avs, you know?
0: I To me, it's the Kings. Because, um, like I said, goaltending is huge. Yeah. And quick, quick was just unbelievable. Quick outplayed
2: Kemper, yeah. I mean, it... Quick was the reason why that was a run, if you really... Yeah. If you yeah. really go back and look at that. I, I don't think that they make that run without Quick. This run with Darcy Kemper could have been made without him, I think. Maybe not the finals. I don't, I don't think they maybe would have gotten to the finals without Kemper, but um, they easily could have made it to the finals without him, especially given if, their... I'm,
1: if I'm the abs. Do I bring back Kemper for next season?
0: It's to me, that's contingent on what he's asking. You know, I, I, agree. I think Andy and I, I think Andy and I looked at it and he's making, I want to say four and a half. Uh, let me just look at his contract. I, I know he's in the fours, I think, but I can't remember how much he's getting. Yeah, four and a half is what he's getting paid now. If he's asking for, I don't know, it's kind of tough, like six.
2: It's tricky because there's so many free agents to deal with. So you kind of have to work them all in tandem. Because if you don't give one guy money, that's money that
0: you can give another guy. It's, what's also What's also a key ahead. note here is he's probably the best and only goaltender on the free agent market that can even demand the, the price that he could, Assign. you know, like six or seven okay. million for him, he can demand it because the people he's competing with are Yaroslav Halak, Thomas Grice, um, you know. An old old flurry, so he he doesn't have much competition. He's definitely one to, you know, if if he were to ask for six or seven million, he could probably get it. But to me, I I don't think Kemper's worth that. I think his four and a half is the perfect price for him. Um, he, you could argue that he's not worth that in Colorado,
2: because if it was like that's... like if Carolina. Entertained the contract. I'd say that'd be more worth it to Carolina to fork out that money than it would be for Colorado. Yeah, because Colorado has just a stellar defense in front yeah. of him, you know, and their offense. Yeah, that's the other. That's the big thing is like you can have an awesome defense and awesome goalie, but if nobody on your team can score, it's you end up perishing like Carolina does, like New York yeah. does. It's it's tricky.
0: To me, I, I feel like he's kind of similar to, to Philip Grubauer. Like, they didn't choose to re-sign Grubauer because they felt like he wasn't really a number one option for Colorado. And then yeah. they replaced him with Darcy Kemper, who he he struggled, honestly. Like, this postseason, he wasn't that spectacular. Um, yeah, he had his moments where he had some greasy goals and, you know, his own blowouts, too. I, I believe he was pulled in that game uh, three uh, I believe he was pulled that game after letting in right. four goals. Here's on a, I think right. game three, yeah, four goals and 16 shots, something low like that, and then Francois came in and relieved him. So, you know, to me, Darcy Kemper, I don't think I think he's going to resign with the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they just want a cup. He's probably going to want to stick around. Um, the only reason he wouldn't is if somebody offered him just a ludicrous, a ludicrous contract. If he's looking for the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Other than that, I think he stays. I mean, Joe Sackick, honestly, like I think Joe Sackick is a, a, a player's GM. Like he's a guy that uh, I think a lot of people can get along with. You know, you look at ha- this Colorado Avalanche core and for the most part, they've stuck around since, you know, he's came in and, and took over this team, you look at Eric Johnson, Nathan McKinnon, Landis Cog. I mean, any of those guys went to the open market. They could have gotten, you know, Marner and Matthews money easily. Well, not, right. not Johnson, but certainly Nathan and, and Landis Cog. Like those guys are they, they, a team would play, pay a pretty penny to have them. But the fact that they stuck around, especially on budget deals that they have, I mean, it goes to show you that I think, um, Joe Sackick is a very popular GM within this Colorado Avalanche franchise. And, you know, if if he can somewhat keep this core around still, there's a chance for them to to possibly go back to back. Um, but, you know, who knows? It's it's just I think it's an incredible job what he did with this team. When you consider what was it five or six seasons ago, they finished with 48 points. And then, you know, within a five, decade, one, two, they, they won a cup like that's just crazy. Yeah, it's
1: I, I, I don't know what to think about that. There's only five players remain on that forty eight point team on this team that just won the cup. That's a good yeah.
0: Point. Yeah, that's fair. It's who are the five? Is it McKinnon, Landis Cog, Ranton? Johnson, uh, Johnson
1: and... or somebody oh. else. I saw a tweet about it.
2: Maybe Shabart tweeted about it.
0: That's actually tough. I don't know who it would be. I don't think it's Gerard. Let me take a look at that All right, go for it. Um, but but going into going back to, to what you
2: were saying, Nick, about Kemper having a, a subpar playoff, like not really putting together an elite goaltending, uh, similar to like a Quick from twenty twelve. I I would really. Like, I just want to take a moment to kind of agree with that. I, I also just, just that specific piece that you mentioned, I think that there are at least two games, like game one and I think game six, that av- the Avalanche got away with a subpar goal-tending performance both times. I was wait, like you were saying in game six, I was waiting for some greasy goal to happen. Because it it was regular. It was a regular thing for him. And Tampa is a team that will create those goals, almost fabricate them, you know. And game one, we talked about it uh, in the last episode, kind of, because the game had happened. But they really got away with one as a team for kind of falling back on their laurels. And when they yeah. did that, Kemper got nailed. He got peppered, and that was when the goals came in. So when the team in front of him doesn't have their foot on the gas pedal, you can't really rely on Kemper to be standing on his head.
0: No, I agree. The, the other thing too is um, the uh, that lightning goal that Stamco scored in Game Six, that first one. He, it, it. I don't. I, I kept looking at that goal, and I'm just like, how did he let that in? It, it's. It seemed like. He just wasn't ready for for Stamkos. Wasn't he doesn't. Ready for the shot. Hug and it was the it post was,
2: as much as he should, I think. No, no, because plays out of position. Wasn't a lot. that like a breakaway kind of? And Stamkos was coming up the side and took a shot. And even though it went in between his arm and his body, if he shifts over and puts his arm on the post, that's hitting him right in the gut. You know. Yeah
1: you no, guys yeah, gotta I, keep in I, mind with uh kemper it's really his first real playoff run besides true. last or two years ago with the with the uh COVID bubble of arizona and before that uh he had one run with minnesota in 2014 where he played six where he's played uh, six games and started five of them but that was like six years ago and he didn't get much experience from that uh, the real only experience he got was the COVID bubble which i don't really count because there's no fans it's just like right. a different type of atmosphere so this is like his first real run you know if i'm the avalanche i think i take him back on a bridge deal for like five or six million um one year yeah. see how he plays and if he plays if he performs and give him a contract for like two or three you know that's your guy for the next couple of years keep the cold no. I like that
2: i yeah,
0: think
2: you no, I, I, I I should GM. <laughs> go write their a letter to joe GM. sakic yeah <laughs> exactly assistant bro. GM
0: with joe sakic No, I agree completely. Um, You know, when you look through this games, I quickly looked at some of them. Um, His the game one, they won four, three in overtime, but he posted an 870 Uh, game two. He obviously posted a shutout game. uh, Game three, he this was the one he was pulled from and he let in five goals on. uh, Twenty two shots and he posted a 773. game. Four was a 3-2 win. Oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Damn, I'm sorry. Three games went to overtime. Or am I wrong? No, I think no, I was only right. Only two. Yeah, only two. Okay. All right. Uh, in this game, he posted a 9.49, which was his best so far. Three-two. How many shots
1: did he face on that one, though?
0: That's the thing. In the one in game four. Game four, he faced 39. That's not bad. Not too shabby. That's he played it looked like they won that game around 12 minutes into the third into the overtime period. He played 72 total minutes. So with like 8 minutes left in the overtime, they scored um game 5 they lost 3-2 and he posted a 897, 97. I mean like yeah. A lot of these games he's just he's not posting that much above a 900. And I, I mean I know when we first talked about the playoffs, and we were talking about, you know, if your Colton not posting a 935 or above, you know, you're kind of toast. But, again, this is, this is a Colorado team that had the offense and defense to just, you know, bail him out a lot. I mean, you look at Kale McCarr. What did he have, 23 games played with 20 points? He
1: had the third most points in the playoffs, the whole playoffs, behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. I know. That's how. That's how insane he was this year. <laughs> he's only
0: 23 it was, years old. It was so deserving that he got the the smite. There was nobody else who who could have gotten that. Nobody I feel like
1: at all. definitely
0: made a question, like no, a tiny yes. bit, but I mean, yes, everyone knew it was gonna be McCar though. Let's be. No, right. yeah, yeah. No, I like your I like your Nachushkin call out because honestly, I felt like he's really underrated on this Avalanche team. You know, being a, an offenseman... You have Rantanen, McKinnon, Landis, Cog, and even Comfort to a certain extent that that typically get more of the spotlight that he does, which is understandable. I mean, he was bought out by the Dallas Stars not too long ago. He had no goals with the Dallas Stars in his last season with them. It looked like he was on his way out of the NHL and and into the KHL, but he's found a resurgence in Colorado. And my gosh, he is he's a stellar two way forward. It's crazy how good his game was this series. You know, there were a lot of times where he would back check and be able to stop a play or an odd man rush because of how hard he back check. You know, it was just—I give him a lot of credit because I don't think many people even really look at him as as a star player in uh, Colorado.
1: You bringing up confidence from earlier—he was that fifth guy on the uh, forty-eight point
0: team from a few years ago. That's so what nice. I thought it was yeah, and I and he was actually from Buffalo. I didn't even know this. Greg, my cousin told me this, but he was traded to uh, to the Colorado Avalanche for Ryan O'Reilly. He was a part of that deal. Oh no so, way! Yeah. yeah, yep. I didn't know that he was drafted by Buffalo, and yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't even know he was a part of the the Ryan O'Reilly deal, but yeah, he was. So, you know, O'Reilly got out of that and ended up winning a cup with the Blues, but he ended up getting eliminated this season by the Avalanche by his former team. Um, but, you know, overall this, this was a hell of a Stanley cup finals. Um, you know, it, it was surprising to me that, uh, the lightning didn't win game four. I really, really thought that this series would go seven for sure. Um, I think a lot of people did too, just the way that this, these teams were playing, it almost seemed like they were destined to just go seven. Um, cause these are two just powerhouse teams. Um, and the Lightning, I... go for it, Declan.
1: Sorry, I was saying if the Lightning would have won Game Four, uh, this series was going seven because I don't think uh, Colorado would have won Game Six on the road. It's oh, just yeah. a whole different outcome. I. Me
0: neither. Me neither. And and the funny thing too was I was watching Game Five, and this is obviously when they were up three to one in the series, and you know, my dad and I were watching this game, and he was rooting for the Lightning. And fun fact, my uncle, his brother is a Lightning fan, so he he was cheering for the Lightning. And, uh, you know, we were watching the game. The Avalanche looked, you know, they looked nerfed in game five. They, they seemed like they were too excited. And I was, I was telling dad, I'm like, they don't look good right now because I think they're just overly excited because there's a chance for them to win the cup on home ice. So, mm-hmm. you know, they might make a lot of mistakes. They might seem overzealous. Um, so I, I didn't expect them to win game five, uh, because I, I thought the lightning were just too talented to lose in five games against the avalanche. Um, and it the up, yeah, it ended up going six, but it was unfortunate that they, they couldn't win on home ice. It's been a, it, it always seems like the, the, uh, road teams win the cup on the road and it sucks. I just want to <laughs> see for once them to, to win it. Um, on home ice, especially the yeah, Avalanche. When's the
1: last time like someone's won it on the home ice? I
0: last I was... year, actually. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I think the Lightning did last year, but it's kind of like before a before it's a little that, tough. 2010, the, the
2: Capitals,
0: no, the Caps won it in Vegas. What about either of the Penguins? They went back to back. Uh, um, in 2016, they won in. San jose. san jose in 2017 they won, they won in in nashville. nashville yeah damn wow in yep. 2019
1: the blues won on the road too uh yep. yeah that was game
0: seven 2015 oh, 20...
1: was the last time and then
0: chicago. it was chicago
1: yeah chicago they won against tampa remember
0: yes yeah, yeah.
1: With that damn. huge hasher kane goal and then 2014 obviously the kings won it.
0: yeah so, dude yeah, you know, it's it's it seems like it's it's been a while. It, it seems like it's the road teams cup, man. It just they seem to always win it on the well, road. I mean,
2: I mean, I think that's a testament to the fact that in in hockey, home arena, home field advantage is the least impactful in the major league sports. You think so? Um, oh yeah, I, I think in hockey, I think hockey is the least impacted by the home team's quote unquote advantage. I think it depends go. where
1: you're playing because, like, you know, you got these atmospheres like Tampa where there's just a library, you know? And then you got, like, like the Islanders. You got Nassau Coliseum yeah. last, or 2019 or last year where it's just an absolute freaking mayhem in there the entire time, yeah. you know? So TD it just Garden. kind of depends on where you're playing. TD Garden, I mean, some of these places are just so electric. You can't even, like, hear yourself talking in them, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I can attest for 2019 when Boston uh, played against the Leafs. I was at the game two um, in that series. And when they scored, my friend, I went with his friend and his girlfriend. His, my friend was right next to me, Ryan. I could not hear him talk. And he would scream, he was like screaming at me. It was to a point where I had to try and read his lips in order to understand what he was saying. Cause him talking in my ear just did nothing. And it's crazy, you know, and, and that, that was a very, you know, you talk about atmosphere that, that was a game where, I don't know if you guys ever seen the hip, but it was when Pasternak crushed Muzzin. That happened, that happened right in front of me. I was 12 rows up from that corner. This was also when, um. Kadri cross-checked to and like, sort of knocked him out for, and Char went after Kadri, and he got ejected. I was at, that was that game, and it was electric. Oh, um, but Tampa Bay, no, to your point, Declan, like, even in this series, whenever the Avalanche scored, that place was quiet. You know, it was quiet. If Tampa wasn't... Like,
1: they, were, they were loud for, like, a minute, and then they just shut up, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's not like Colorado, like Colorado and I think game one or two, they played the uh, blink one eighty two, um, All the small things is the song. I forget what it's called, but they played that song. And then when the puck dropped, they cut out the music, but the crowd just kept singing it. You know, I don't think there was ever a moment. That's thank you. Um, you know, Tampa never did that. You know, they never had, they never had a song like that where they, they were able to cut it, and the the crowd continued on to cheer or sing the song. Um, so yeah, like, and it, which is kind of crazy for a team that's won back to back and on route to win three in a row. You know, it's it's a little shocking. There was
1: there was a little bit of a creative debate in the NHL chat, but it was um, is Denver a hockey city?
0: <sighs> it's tough. I really feel like I don't know. It's You have the Broncos there. It's a hockey climate, I would say. It is. Yeah. I would say if I had a list, all the professional teams there, I'd say Broncos are number one, especially because now they got Russell Wilson. You know, this team looks somewhat good this in heading into this uh, NFL season. So I think they're number one. But after that, I, I would put Colorado, the Avalanche. I definitely put them pretty confidently at number two. I don't think the Rockies beat them out with how bad they've been recently. And then, oh my god, they're uh, so bad. The yeah. Nuggets,
1: the Nuggets haven't gone to a final ever. I mean, they got uh, yeah, they got um, what's that guy's name? Jokic, I think. Right? No, yeah, Jokic. Uh,
0: yep, Luca. No, no, it's,
2: it's
1: like Nikola Jokic. I think. Hold on, let me Yeah. Check right now. Yeah, yeah.
2: I always get Nikola, him. Nikola. In... Yeah,
1: Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he plays for the Denver Nuggets, but. I put, I honestly, I'll put the Rockies over the Nuggets just because the Rockies were a little bit, they were good a few years ago, but I mean, like, they're just trash now,
0: you know? No, I agree. I I think the Rockies definitely go ahead of the Nuggets simply because Coors Field is regarded as, like, one of the most, you know, beautiful stadiums in all of Major League Baseball. So, you know, if you go there, you at least get a great experience of a very nice, well rounded ballpark. It's Um, also
1: known that if you hit a home run it carries more because of like the the yeah, altitude or something like Correct. that i'm not sure
0: yeah so, no i think you're right about that
2: the air yeah. is thinner so there's less drag yeah yeah nice. and nice. it's science it's <laughs> science
1: who does colorado need to resign this year
0: that's a good question so they they have yeah, their so 12, 12
2: UFAs just can you just okay. list them off?
0: Yeah, I'll list them off. So uh Nicolas cupel is number one, Arturi Lekinen is number two, Burkovsky is number three, Cagliano, number four, uh Darren Helm number five, Kadri, number six, Nichushkin number seven, uh Nico Sturm number eight, uh Jack Johnson number nine, Josh Manson. Uh, number ten, number eleven, Murray, Ryan Murray, and then Darcy Kemper. Okay. Um, so of those two of those, it's tough, but I would say you you re-sign Kemper, you re-sign Manson, you let Ryan Murray and Jack Johnson walk. I don't think they're gonna provide much for you outside of what they did this season. I think, I think you, you gotta... let
1: because Eric Johnson might retire, so you gotta keep that in mind too. Because he said he might he wants to retire last year, but I'm not sure if he stays. Like
0: truly, I don't think he would. I think you know if Jack Johnson were to re-sign, it'd be like you know a budget option, and he'd re-sign simply because you know it's a team that's good, and he'd be able to get playing time, and possibly play again in the playoffs and win another cup. That's the only reason why I think he'd re-sign. With the Colorado Avalanche. But as far as, you know, repeating and going back to back, I don't think he's needed in order. To, you know, like, I don't think he needs to re sign in order for Colorado to go back to back. That's not a defenseman I'd throw money at, even if he's cheap, just to re sign him. You know, at that point, yeah. you're just re signing him just to be like, hey, welcome back. You know, you were part of the squad last season. Remember really the good old back. days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be out of nostalgia, really. Um,
2: I think uh, has, uh, I think make a decision first between Kadri and Nichushkin. Pick one of them as the guy you're going to go after to keep as your two-way forward. If you can get both of them, all the better. I think right. you're right, Nick. I think sign Darcy Kemper. And I think after that, just work through everybody's contract. And, and well, I think you guys are. that are willing to take cuts, bring them back aboard. And guys that aren't, let them go to the market, I would say.
1: I think you let... Codre walk and then try and have Newhook take that uh, second center because Cadre's going to be thirty two. He he's great. He's a great player, but I think he only declines from here on out. Um, yeah, Newhook's yeah. Newhook. is twenty one. He showed some flashes of some uh, decency potential this year, and I really like him, like as a player. And I I do believe he has potential to take over that two center role. But if you guys, if the Avalanche really wanted to, they could sign like a veteran two center you know someone
2: like I think the the angle on Kadri too is that he's the catalyst. Like he's such a good catalyst player, like a Marshawn kind of thing. And in the playoffs that to me that's invaluable. Like that's not a skill you teach somebody. You're you're coach, you're not getting coached on like how to get under other guys skin kind of thing. And and so Kadri and Marshawn, those guys just do that inherently. So that would yeah. be the one point that I would want to keep Kadri for other than that though beyond that I, I would agree with you Declan I would say letting him walk is not the worst thing especially if you feel like you can replace that piece yeah. of, of the puzzle the, the identity of him
0: I'll also mention that they have twenty five point six million dollars in cap space to sign these guys um, and I think Nazam Kadri is definitely going to take a big chunk out of that I don't know the price Mm -hmm. range he's going to be looking for, but I think like eight to 9 million is, is a price range that he could probably get in the market. What is he coming off the market? He's coming off of, um, he's coming off of four and a half. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Where is it? Well, no, he is coming off of four and a half. Wow. Yeah. He's I don't like I don't seven, know that they're eight.
2: gonna double a 32 year old salary.
0: Or oh, you think too, he can get that in the handy. market? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Like he can easily yeah. get the market. You you look at what you look at what um you know guys you like uh Seth Jones and, and Dougie Hamilton got on the open market, man. They got paid. I think it's Kadri, man. With the stats he provided this season for Colorado, I mean, I know, th- really.
2: Uh, he's gonna honestly, be thirty-three, I, though, man. Like, no, I'm now getting into that window of. you will be thirty-two, but still, yeah. Oh, thirty-two. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, it's, but, I, I think you signed to like a one year. Nah, two, that'll man. be a two-year, two, year, two yeah, or three-year, if you want to be safe with Colorado, and give him like seven or eight. Because I do, because he's been like kind of consistent his whole career, right?
0: No, yeah, he yeah. has been. He's,
1: he's just been one awesome. of those guys where he's just been super consistent. I I do believe that he could put up like sixty or seventy points again this year if you put him with like with like good linemate. You know, like who did he play with this year? He was playing with
0: like I think he played with Rantanen and uh, Nachushkin, I believe. Put I think that was their second together. line.
1: Yeah, like put them both back together and. You know, it's that would be a solid line, but I don't know if you're Colorado, you can get both Nichushkin and uh, Kadri. So,
0: no, yeah, that's agree. Think,
1: I think you uh, definitely prioritize Nichushkin 100% over Kadri. Just I, because, like, you can find a center on the market, you can't find Nichushkin,
0: kind of, you know. I 100% mm. agree with that, Declan. I think Valerie Nichushkin, he's 20, he's first of all, he's four years younger than Nazim Kadri um Nazem Kadri is a center and centers get paid the most money, you know, you look at Matthews, look at McDavid, those guys get paid Correct. handsomely because they're centers, you know, they're one of the most valuable forwards. Um but Natushkin is valuable in the sense that he he can play two ways very well. Um Nazem Kadri scored 87 points this season, which is by far his highest. I think it beat out his his um career year by I want to say around 20 points or so. Uh, And then this year, Nachushkin had 25 goals with uh, 27 assists for 52 points in 62 games. I mean, he was 10 points shy of a point per game. And then in the playoffs, he played 20 uh, games and had 15 points with nine goals. Like, yeah, I would, I would definitely um, re-sign Nachushkin over Nazem Kadri. One thing I will say I think Joe Sakic could be a guy when the negotiations happen with Nazem Kadri if they were to re-sign him. Make the point of saying, you know, we were the team that gave you the first cup. Um, you know, if we keep you, Nachushkin and most of this core around, there's a chance we can repeat again. And, you know, to your point, Declan, a 2 or 3 year deal I think would be per- perfect for Nazem Kadri. Um if if he's re-signed by Colorado, a win-win, I should say. Yeah. If so you, if you, resize it's, a you
2: if it's a short-term contract, you can give Kadri the money to make him feel good. Right. And because it's short-term, you're not taking a massive risk. Two years and you're out of that. And even after one year, you might be able to trade it still. I mean, that's still a decent well, player. Well, even if he
1: puts up like 60 or 70 points this year and, you know, Colorado's right. eliminated in the second round, you can easily get rid of him for like a, you know,
2: someone else, you know? He'd oh, be yeah. Changing. He'd be a really easy like off season there, Declan. And then he, if he doesn't go on the off season, he'd be a fantastic like trade block or trade yeah, deadline. Yeah, a rental. One
1: hundred percent. Like that would yeah.
2: be
1: something that they could definitely invest in. I think Joe Sakic already knows all of this. Honestly,
0: you're yeah. right. Oh yeah, he, be it's because as soon as as soon as you win the cup, you're calling those guys up. You know, twelve UFAs. He, you're calling every one of them and. Ask I feel like Joe
1: Sackett's kind of been like looking at this for a while now. Though he he knows what the hell he's
2: doing, honestly. He oh know, yeah, he
1: pretty. does. Yeah, he does. He's so thinking
2: that's... two, three seasons ahead all the time.
1: hundred percent. So our Terry Lekinen. So he's an RFA. Um, Nicholas was he the game-winning goal
2: scorer again?
1: I yeah, think he, he is. was.
0: He was. He was.
1: Nicholas that's pretty cool. Kubel is also an RFA. So I think you definitely keep liking him just because like how clutch he is he's a good he's a good player he's a he's a great player so i don't know how much he's coming off of but i mean how much do you think he's going to get
0: so he's coming off of and this deal was actually through an arbitration filing he got 2.4 million dollars off of arbitration and um this was signed by mark bergevin of the montreal canadians in 2019 i think coming off that I think he still gets paid in that price range. Honestly, I don't think he gets necessarily a rage a raise with this Colorado Avalanche team. Um, he only played sixteen games for them, had six goals, three, po- uh, three assists for nine points, and then obviously he he split that with Montreal. He was dealt the uh, trade deadline, so with Montreal he had fifty eight um, games played with thirteen goals, sixteen assists for twenty nine points with Montreal. Um, so he was a go- he was a goal short of twenty. And I believe he played on the third line for Colorado. You have a 20 goal scorer at least or near the third line. Like that's solid, man. That's really solid. Um, And then in the playoffs, here's the thing with
2: him. Like you see him, like you, Declan, you mentioned that he was, you know, he kind of came up clutch a couple of times this season, last season as well. You know, that, that build of this player is sort of like a Justin Williams. You know, you don't you don't rely on him to really light the lamp up throughout the regular season. Really, not even during you know the beginning of the postseason. But when you need the lamp lit, especially when it comes down there. to it in, yeah. the, in the finals, exactly the guy's there and he'll put the puck in the net somehow. It's almost like the stage is set and he's the guy who's willing to step out onto it. So. I do think holding on to him would be nice a nice piece to keep a hold of, especially if it's that cheap, Nick. If you think he's going to get what he got in arbitration, I think that's a no-brainer. You should re-sign him. Yeah, Give him an I mean, extra half a million if you need to. Yeah, I, if you he,
1: I mean, money. he, he I very well... Go for it, Duncan. Sorry, boys. I think it's... Uh... Uh, you definitely go back for, like, 100%. He's just that guy you just have on your team. He'll put up, like, 30 goals. You know, he'll put up, you know, 15 or 20 exactly. assists. He's just that kind of, like, role player you need. But earns his keep. He's just a keeper, 100%. Yeah, I'm looking I mean, at like this I said, right now, um, sorry, I'm looking at this right now. Gabriel Landeskog is making $7 million when he's 36 years old. That's kind of a scary thought if you're an abs fan right now. Because I like Landeskog a lot. He performs. He's always been a performer. He's always been consistent. So I mean, like 36 years old at 7-0,
2: that's kind of like, you know, it's just the thing getting yeah. It's tying just, up a lot of money.
0: I, I also feel like, you know, you look at every team, there's always going to be that one guy that's signed until eternity and, and it's at a very high price. Um, you know, I mentioned two of them already. I believe – Seth Jones and Dougie Hamilton are signed until they're in their late 30s at $9 Dougie million, $9.5 million. You know? So you're always going to have that one guy. And to me, Declan, I feel like Landis Cog, that's a guy that you can put up with paying $7 million at at, at that age. He's definitely not going to perform at that age. He, he will not have the, the goal totals, the point totals. But, you know, he's been your he's been your captain since 19 years old. He's stuck around with this team. You know, he's he's been loyal to the team. And I mean, he he plays he he plays his role really well. I forgot what happened, um, but there was one game where somebody got injured with Colorado by a dirty hit and he fought the guy. I think it may have been Racco Kudas. I don't know. But I remember, like, earlier in the regular season, um, you know, they were playing somebody, uh, one of their players got hurt, and then on the next shift, you know, he goes on the ice and he fights that guy. And, you know, he puts himself in that position as as a captain who's not really known for fighting to, to put himself out there and stick up for his teammates. You know, you, you love this guy, and paying him $7 million to, to Colorado Avalanche fans are like, well-deserved you know worth, it's worth it, yeah. it exactly it's worth it you know it, it's it's definitely gonna come you know later on down the line it's gonna be a bit difficult uh to deal with you know because it's seven million dollars it's three million short of an eighth of the cap but you know i think you can manage looking at the rest of this team only the only other players that are higher paid than him are ranton and makar and you know those two guys are also worth <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. They're, they're totally worth their money. So, you know, it, it, it'll, be, it'll cause trouble for sure, but you know, it's, it is what it I is. I think it will be fine. You know, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Going back to so- in real quick though. Um, you know, he had 20 games played and 14 points in the playoffs. I mean, he was so consistent throughout the regular season and this season, you know, Signing him to the deal he's on right now, $2.4 million. Honestly, if he were to get a raise, I think he, he, he makes $3 million in a raise. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to get a crazy high price. I would agree.
2: I, here's the thing, Nick. I, I think now's a good time to pitch this, but if I'm changing gears too quick, let me know. Where does Tampa go from this point on? And let me just start this out before we start talking. I saw a post two or three days ago. And it was so (laughs) Rick DiPietro's career earnings 48 million. Andre Vasilevsky is like 45. And so I'll throw that out to start.
1: (laughs) Well, Tampa has uh, four free agents this year. So they're not going to be as much as a cap hell as uh, Colorado will be. But true. Tampa, Tampa only has. $1 Negative one million in cap space, so I mean, here here's who they add: so they have Riley Nash, Andre Palat, which is the big one, Nicholas Paul, Jan Ruda. So Palat's gonna, I don't know. I mean,
0: it's so tough. I, feel I would like almost let it. walk. Yeah. It kind you of know,
1: sucks too, because like Alex Kowarnd didn't perform at all in the playoffs. No. He was invisible, right. like you we were saying earlier, and he's making four and a half. And that just hurts as a of Bay thing. Cause you rely on him to like do something and just like, he's just, this, he just doesn't,
0: you know? Well, and to piggyback off that too, like, you know, Alex Kalorn had, I think he had 25 goals in the regular season, 59 points and had zero in 23 playoff games and only had four points in the playoffs. Overall, he was a negative five. I mean, dude got torched in the playoffs. You know, he yeah. wasn't even a factor for Tampa. Um, and to be honest, I think, uh, with, with Palat here, um, Declan, I think it's a good point that you brought up Palat, I think definitely gets re-signed by them. And I think in order for them to re-sign with him, they ship off Alex Kalorn. They're going to, they're this off season, I think is the season to do it. If you're Breezebaugh, you're looking at that Alex Kalorn and saying you did nothing for me in the playoffs. Yeah. You're still consistent. And, you know, it, it's good that he's still consistent because he can be dealt for, you know, a pretty price. I mean, he'll probably go for a third, maybe a second rounder if they were to trade him. Um, but I think that they, they try to make an effort to trade him to make room for Pilot. Like
1: a younger player who's making like one or two million. That's what Yeah. Yeah. Around an entry a, level deal or something. Million, you know, yeah. That can try and perform because, uh, I think uh, who's the Tampa Bay GM? Julian. Julian Briesbach. Yeah. I think Briesbach can like kind of pull something out of his ass with that, you know, honestly.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with the Palat situation, I would definitely want to re sign him. He had some pretty clutch goals the uh, this, this playoffs for them. There was a stat that Ryan told me. I went to a, his house over the weekend. And, um, he told me, I think he's the first player in NHL history to have, I forget the exact stat. It, it was like three game clinching goals in a series or something like that. I, like, I forget uh, what it was, but it was Andre Pilat. I, I forget oh, the Pallad. exact stat. Um, but it, it was, he was like, it was just this random, you know, ESPN stat that yeah. was just like, What? Like, I don't think anybody's really looking that deep into Andre Pilat, but hey, if you are, good. I no wonder him.
2: he's the first person to have done that. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ryan McDonough. Yes. Yeah. 6.7 till 2026 2027 season. And he's 33. So if I'm Tampa Bay, what do I do? It's,
0: it's tough with him. Um, I honestly I think they keep that contract as as tough as it is. I, he's just one of their best shutdown defensemen. I mean his his point totals will definitely not um, justify his contract whether you're looking at a playoff or regular season he's he just isn't the the defenseman he used to be but he's a hell of a, a shot blocker he's a hell of a defender. Um, you also have to look at that too. he's got a no trade clause on that um oh really yeah no trade clause <laughs> so i it's it's
2: tough to oh man tough to
0: deal him away with that contract that's gonna um, be tough yeah that that's why i say oh damn that's their ugliest never mind. contract okay i'm actually glad that you brought this up andy because i was talking about Kalorn being dealt he's got a modified no trade clause um so what he can do is he can submit I'm reading it, he can submit a 16 team no trade list. And then from that point on, um, the Lightning can, of uh, the remaining teams can, you know, talk to and find a deal. So at least he's That's got right. a modified trade clause. But with McDonough, it doesn't seem like he can, um, I don't know, it looks like it says right here, he submits a list of 12 teams he would not accept a trade to. So um, I think a no movement clause is the one that doesn't allow you to trade them at all.
1: What's right. a thirty-five plus contract? Unless
0: they waive it, a thirty-five plus contract.
1: Yeah, it just says thirty-five plus contract right here for uh, Pierre Belmar, Edward Pierre. Yeah, same thing for uh, uh,
0: Corey Perry. So, I think it's just their age because Belmar is thirty-seven, Perry's thirty-seven. So I think it's just you know they're above the age of yeah. They're above the age of thirty-five, so it's like. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised Corey Perry still has another year signed with that. Uh, I I thought he was done after this season. I thought he was a UFA after this season.
1: I didn't really take, pay close attention to Corey Perry in the playoffs, but how did he perform? Like as a
2: player. You know, he was there.
0: Honest, honestly, Declan, I I'd have to agree. I mean, I think the fact that you didn't really notice him all that much in the playoffs just goes to show. Just goes to show how he played, you know. Twenty-three games, eleven point six goals, five assists. I know we when we reviewed
1: line though, so
0: well, yeah, line. true, true. It's just, you know, for the Corey Berry that we 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 knew, it's you know he he was wasn't as present. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. a change. Exactly. I mean, in his twenty-seven or not twenty-seven, in his two thousand seven campaign when they won the cup, he had 15 points in 21 games. And then in 2014, he had 13 games played with 11 points. I mean, he steered off obviously, but it's, it's because of his age. And like you said, he plays the fourth line. So it's not like he's seen a lot of minutes. Um, and I gotta be honest, man, that, that fourth line at Tampa, the Belmar Perry maroon line. That a was a scary
1: line. Honestly.
0: Yeah. To me though, that was a line that, I feel like underperformed, honestly. I feel like that's a really good line, especially with Maroon and Perry. But I just feel like they couldn't get anything going against uh, the Avalanche. I felt like they struggled, at least in that series. Yeah.
1: So Tampa has a uh, first round this year, no round two, no round three, no round four. They only have a few draft picks this year. and They're missing their first round in 2023 and 2024 so that's gonna
0: hurt you know yeah it's this uh, is a this is the problem with like you trading draft picks after you start to teeter off you know of your cup wins right because you're not able to develop players after that you know if you keep selling your your round one draft picks you know it's tough to to develop after you you teeter off um I think it's worth it though for the two cups No. oh yeah definitely like short term it's definitely worth it Almost but when three, you think about yeah. it long term you know it's, look, i'll it's... take
1: i'll take two cups every 10 years if my team is shit for eight years you know that's, i'm fine with that <laughs> yeah that's,
0: honestly that's a that's a fair point yeah that's i uh, think I'd...
2: to be fair i think that's a pretty quick turnaround for the amount of sacrifice but i think 15 years and i would probably still take that frequency to have a nice little, like, mini dynasty every, like, 15 years for, like, three I'll or four. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty I'd nice rather not lose
1: in the playoffs in the first or second round for, like, 15 or 20 years and just, like, be consistent. I'd rather just be, yeah. like,
2: I'd rather yeah, I'd rather the Cups, you know? Because even sounds... after the, like, dynasty era, like, the mini dynasty falls off, like, Tampa will still make the playoffs for the next two or three years, foreseeably, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's so it's like not you like
2: you'd are... be losing out.
0: It sounds Go like ahead. you guys are describing the Sabers right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is Sabers. I wish a lot of ways to figure out.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope they figured it out. We, I, I'd, I'd be pissed if we had the season that Thompson did, Apolo did, only to turn around and just be back at the, the basement of the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, but it, one
2: thing about Tampa that I wanted to mention, and I think everybody's got to agree on this, is those other two runs have caught up to them. That this finals, they did, they just did not look like they brought as much energy as they did. They were slow in the other ones. Um, Maroon yeah. and, and Vasilevsky specifically were deer in the headlights uh, with regularity in the finals. And that just wasn't a thing. Throughout the playoffs, the last two, the last two seasons for them.
1: I saw a tweet from uh, Peter Boss saying, Patrick Maroon just walked out with a Coors Light after game six. He's just not, Uh, it was so fun. I'm just like, bro, does not care. He has two cups. He's fun. He
0: has three. three. Yeah, he has three. Three Three in a row. row. He would have, he would have been the first player or not the first player. Sorry. Or maybe the first player to win four cups in a row with different teams i think yeah there were two different teams um but to your point about and of the three cup runs he had the lowest save percentage this season compared to his others so you're you're right on that um and then also you know i look i mean I'm, i'm not gonna lie montreal and dallas were by no means teams that are competitive against the lightning uh that that yeah. the The level of t- of Colorado was, you know, was they finally faced teams. they finally faced a real team in the in the Cup Finals and they couldn't beat them. You know, it's and but they put up a hell of a fight. You know, they they lost in six games, but you know, it's this this they weren't going to go out like like Montreal and they weren't going to go out with Dallas. I mean, for God's sake,s Dallas Dallas uh, Dallas struggled to score in that run. I have no idea how they made it to the Cup Final. Honest to God, I really don't. I mean they almost uh um who'd they get eliminated by? Or never mind, they got eliminated by the lightning, but they almost lost to Vegas, who again was struggling to score against a, a Vancouver team. Uh I think Vegas went up three to one in the Vancouver series. They forced a game seven and and won in game seven, but they almost got eliminated by uh the, Va- the Vancouver Canucks. So it's like You know, they lucked out in the sense that they made it to the cup final and then they faced Tampa and just couldn't couldn't handle them. Um, But, you know, it was the first season that I think Tampa actually faced a true contender and, you know, their their true colors showed. It's not to say that Tampa was Yeah, look how upset they
2: were on on the calls and everything. They were really starting to like it in their own heads, in my opinion. I
1: think the Tampa team from last year could have put up a better fight than the Tampa team this year.
2: I agree there, yeah. With
1: age yeah. and like, you know, you had a uh, you had a couple different players from death, but ultimately it was the same core. But I think last year's team could have put up a better fight.
2: Honestly, no, and I would agree. just felt so much more electric the last two years. That electricity was just not running through them this season. Like it was last season to me. Go ahead. I think,
0: I think what really killed them was losing Barclay Goudreau, losing Blake Coleman and losing Yanni Gord. That line for them was Gord. I think was
2: huge. Yeah. Yeah, That
0: line was nuts for them. I mean, I don't, I remember seeing in the bubble uh, Coleman's goal against the Bruins when he just dove for the puck and it deflected in. I think he ended up doing that twice back to back years. It was like, Identical goals. Um, when they lost that line, they lost a lot of their—I wouldn't say their identity—but they lost a lot of their uh, their oomph that they had. And you know, the Corey Perry Belmar Maroon line wasn't necessarily the line to replace those guys, but it was definitely a line that could agitate and could produce like that Blake Coleman line was for them last season. And it—it it just wasn't the equivalent. And I think that that's a huge reason why. Uh, Tampa just didn't have that sort of, you know, X factor that they did those last two seasons. And I think that's what it attributed to. They lost they lost a a whole line, you know. I mean, imagine that and look at it. Pick any team and, you know, minus subtract a line from them. Yeah. Right. See How they do. You know what I mean? It's 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 tough. But I think that that was a reason why that they. Because I mean, that Blake Coleman line, dude, it was deadly. I thought it was their best line. In their cup ones. Um, you' and it was a remember. difference
2: maker too. Yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't just the fact that they were putting up points. It was the fact that like if your top offense is ca- like canceling out their top offense, you know, we meant, we always related to the bench. You know, the, the points you get from the bench in the NBA is is the equivalent of that fourth line in the playoffs. And no, I think you you're hitting it right on the spot, Nick. I think that Yanni Gord that line that you just listed off that was that was the difference was, maker i think he yeah. nailed it
0: no it, it was a i gotta give
2: you the standing of today we'll give you an <laughs> <of course. You've laughs> thank been you, me thank, you.
1: <laughs> thank you much appreciated much appreciated gentlemen i uh disconnected just a bit of you know, but it is time for me to go though i have a couple things to do it's a pleasure oh, no, uh, okay. talking with you guys and thank you for having me on all right i appreciate
0: yeah. it absolutely Declan. You you're always invited back onto the cast. So if you ever Absolutely. want to come back on, just let me know. yeah. Uh, all right. Good luck thanks to the for rest Thank all you, right, man. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Yeah, thank thanks you. for that. Yeah, no, it was it, it was a tough tough for them to lose such a big line. And you know, I, I think it ended up hurting them. Um, but I mean it is what it is. Like I said, I think it was a culmination of that plus facing a Colorado team that was just, it seemed poised to win the cup. They, they had an incredible run this season. And, you know, I just think nobody was stopping them. They were, they were, they were, uh, they were like a hot knife through butter in the Western Conference. In the Western Conference, um, you know, they, they swept the uh, Predators, they beat the Blues in six, then they swept the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and then they beat Tampa in six. I mean, this was just a team that had nothing but winning the cup on their mind. And Tampa just, I don't think, matched that, you know?
2: Uh, sorry, I, I was just looking at um, my screen there for a second. I totally blacked out. No, you're <laughs> good. You're good. You're good. Um, the, I, think- I forgot Declan left. So I thought, like, I could have him to lean on, tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> no you're good you're good um I, I think what was necessarily a uh an indicator of that in like they they weren't as electric this season as the past uh two runs was when they went seven games with the leaves gotta be honest um especially with how tampa handled florida in four games i really feel like they could have handled toronto a little bit better not taking any credit away from toronto. Ah, i i dude, think that's the- no, I, I I don't
2: know if I side with that as much as you do. I see your point. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I totally see your point, and I think, I think that's a valid that's a valid um, take. But to me, especially coming off the regular season, this Tampa team just wasn't the Tampa of the last two seasons, and not only in the postseason, but certainly in the regular season as well. And that Leafs series, um. The fact that they came out the winner of that series is, to me, what was, what was the spark that got them to the finals. Because that series turned their playoff mode on. It turned some of their guys back on. And they regained a little bit of that identity that has been there the last two, two years of domination, basically. And they clearly showed that to us in Florida. They took advantage of a, of a heavy, um, like slower team in, in Florida. Uh, and they swept them out of the playoffs and they made it look like they were right back on target with who they are but I think the Rangers gave them a really good fight I think that was the fight that Carolina gave them as well but Carolina was fighting a ton of refing involvement in their series and and I think New York just looked a lot better doing it against against Tampa Bay but Man, that Tampa Bay team, you know, two years ago, last year, if they met that Rangers team in the conference finals, I don't even know if the Rangers pull out a game, man. I I would, and I just, I just don't think that they, I don't think that they had the ceiling this year that they had the previous two seasons, and honestly, that's what came back to bite them in the finals. Because to your point, this is really the first true. Stanley Cup contender that they're show like show uh showdowning with uh in the finals this year. But I do see your point, man. I, I totally see how you could you could argue that the way that they handled that Leaf series, like, yeah, I mean, hey, they had a rough regular season and they weren't the same regular season team, but come playoffs, they should have stepped back up to the plate before the series even got going. So I can totally see your side of that as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I say that because I mean, like I said, they they swept the best offensive team in the regular season in the um oh good point. Uh, the Florida Panthers. and then when they went to go face the Rangers in the conference finals, they find themselves in the first two games outscored, I think nine to three. I want to say off the top of my head, I think that's what it was. And then after that, complete shutdown. The Rangers only scored five goals for the remaining four games of that series. And they won four straight, which is tough to do in an Eastern Conference final game. And that's tough to do when you're already down f- 2 nothing in the series. Uh, I would agree with you in saying that that, ta- that uh, Toronto series definitely seemed like it woke them up uh, with the arguments I just made a second ago with how they handled Florida and the Rangers. Um, but it was, I think that goes to show that they could have, dialed that notch even against Toronto and possibly won or beat them out uh sooner than 7 games. You know, it's it, it's again this this wasn't necessarily to say like oh, you know, Toronto is a terrible playoff team. So, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning should have swept them or the Tampa Bay Lightning should have finished them off faster, but it is just to say that, you know, that was the only team that took them to 7 games and it's probably of the four teams they faced um, probably everybody's last pick to say, oh, yeah, Tampa would go seven games with the Leafs. I know at this point people That's look a really at the bracket. really point. I see. Yeah. You I know see what, what you mean. You mean. Like, I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, Toronto seems to but, always go seven games no matter who they play.
2: But- what I was about to say is do you say that because of Toronto's inability to really close out a series? Do you really think that Tampa should have just curb stomped them based off of sheer, you know, tit for tat, like stack one team up against the other?
0: So I think that um, Tampa should have finished them at least in six games, which, oh, wow, one less game, real big difference. But it's it's Tampa has won back to back cups. They have the playoff experience. They know what it takes to win. They have that energy and they have a solid goaltender in Vasilevsky. The Leafs, their goaltender, their starting goaltender, we said in the second half, was one of the worst goaltenders in the National Hockey League in Jack Campbell, and I love that guy, um, but he, he wasn't playing that great in the regular season. He had his struggles in, in, the, uh, in the series with Tampa. Um, yes, Marner, Matthews, those guys stood up for uh, Toronto, but you know, it, it's just. To me, Tampa, I felt like on paper was the better team, and I really feel like with their past experience of the two cup wins um, mixed with the fact that Toronto just can't seem to, to like you said, close out series. Um, they can't seem to win in the playoffs because, uh, again, this is the second time in three years for the Toronto Maple Leafs where they've had a 3-2 series lead going into game uh six and they can't finish it and they ended up going into seven and losing in seven. But it's just to say that I thought Tampa's experience, I guess overall, you know, short to wrap it all up, Tampa's experience that they've had the last two years, coupled with the fact that, you know, Toronto just can't seem to win in the first round. They don't have a lot of playoff experience. I really felt like Tampa was going to have that edge. And it didn't necessarily factor in with the fact that it went seven games, if that makes sense. You know, especially because they beat Florida in four games, then they beat, you know, the Rangers in six games, winning four straight. I felt like that was probably their worst performance, if I'm being honest, of of all the series they've had. Now, obviously, losing in the cup, that's, you could argue that's the worst um, performance they had.
2: I would only disagree because they at least demonstrated their resilience throughout the entire Toronto series. I don't think their resilience was even, I don't even think a fraction of it was on display for us in the finals.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's fair. It's And like you said earlier, it, it seemed like that Toronto series made Tampa flip that switch to yeah. go off. You know, So I, I definitely see your point there. But I guess the point I'm just trying to make is, you know, it's the first round, Tampa, you know, they know what they need to do in the first round, get through it, and mm-hmm. they they had their struggles. Like I said, they were down 3-2, and it looked like, you know, going Toronto into was gonna, Toronto, right? Yeah, going into Toronto, no. which was, or sorry, no, no, going, into no. Tampa, going into Tampa, going into Tampa, yep. Um, it looked like, wow, the, the flip, the scripts were going to flip, you know. Um, Toronto was going to win their first series since 2004 and Tampa was going to get booted out in the first round Um before, you know, the for, for the first time since they, uh, they, lo- they got swept by the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. So it looked like the, the scripts were flipping until, you know, Tampa ended up winning in seven, but yeah, it, it's, I, I just felt like Tampa could have maybe, done a little bit more in that, in that Toronto series. I guess my question is why did it take that Toronto series for them to flip that switch? Why wasn't that flip? Why wasn't that switch already flipped going into the playoffs when you could have possibly re uh 3 it, you know, like yeah. I feel like that's a lot of motivation for you to just, you know, curb stomp teams, not to say that Tampa is just going to sweep everybody and win their third cup in a row, but it is to say, you know, they, they, they have the, um, Talent and the star power to to get through teams like they did this regular uh, this postseason. Um, so overall, I guess you know why did why was that Toronto series the series that made them go oh boy guys, you know we got a the switch wasn't on so let's flip it, and then yeah. they started playing like that you know so, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at with with Tampa here. That's fair. I think
2: you make really good points, dude. I mean, just because I disagree with you, don't. Don't think I. Uh, I don't see your point. I guess.
0: No, yeah, uh, yeah, and I see your point too. You know, Toronto. I think, like specifically this postseason, I I really feel like Toronto had their best performance. I, I think that this is like their least embarrassing playoff loss yeah. in the first round, and I think that this is like, this is them on the road to, to success. Really, I, I think next no. season. You know, I, I really think that they can win a series next postseason if they make it. I know we're I thinking totally way do. ahead at this point, but they're on the right path. You know, they they went seven games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. No other team can say that they did that um, this postseason, you know. Uh, so they, they got a lot to hang their head on. But at the end of the day, I think they should be proud of how they handled the, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions and the possible three Peters at the time, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a great performance by Toronto. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I think with all that being said, and I think we can basically wrap up here unless you wanted another, unless you had something else uh, in mind, but. I, I don't think so.
2: Um, Again, congratulations. Honestly, congratulations to both teams, Tampa, just because they didn't win their three P it's still, they were there. You know they were they were there, and they had their uh, the opportunity to do so. They only needed to win two more games. So, really good performance still by Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Corey Perry. If you're listening to this, as much as as fun as it is to watch your demise <laughs> in uh, final after final, uh, you're still gonna have a good shot next year, I imagine. And Colorado is gonna have Colorado fans are gonna have one roller coaster of an off season. But um, uh, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche and their Stanley Cup victory. Uh, breath of fresh air for the NHL community as far as the, the Cup champions go. But um, honestly, it was just a really all these every every championship run is fun. Is, is there's something special about it in my opinion and. Um, this Colorado one is, is very special. I think for the, for the fact that Landis Cog and both Landis Cog and McKinnon, um, you know, obtained their, their first championship together, it'd be probably pretty similar to, to like a McDavid dry or a Matthews Marner host, uh, hoisting kind of thing, maybe a little further down the road though, because the McKinnon and Landis Cog duo have been together for a lot longer than those other sets so that's that's my sum that that's it for me did you are we done with the episode or did you want to move into the off season at
0: all um at at this point i think we can maybe hold off on the off season sure um yeah i think this season would be good to just wrap up the stanley cup finals and then maybe in another uh, episode we can focus more on the off season um it's going to be tough to talk about though because there's just not much going on, but you know we'll see what happens, see the trades and stuff like that. Yeah, um, with the off season too. Once moves start being made, then there's more to talk about. Right now, we just kind of be like speculating where guys could go, what deals they're going to get, et cetera. Um, but I, I'll, I too will take this time to, to congratulate both teams, like you said. Um, you know, for Colorado, it was getting to a point with me where I thought this team was going to be the new Washington Capitals, where they could make it past the first round easily, but that second round was their Achilles heel. Um, And it was, you know, it was getting to the point where I thought, boy, you know, are guys like Landis Cog and guys like um, McKinnon, are they going to want to stick around with this team if if things keep going the way that they're going? Um, I watched this really nice edit I just saw. Um, it started off with highlights of them losing to the Vegas Golden Knights. It showed the post, uh, the post game interview with, um, McKinnon. He was upset. He was almost speechless. You could clearly tell he just didn't want to be there. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the edit, it's the Colorado Avalanche just highlights throughout the regular season and the post season. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, this was similar. I I told Annie in a text in the group chat. I don't think that this was necessarily like an Ovechkin cup where it's like, you know, he's one of the greatest players in the National Hockey League, but he doesn't have a cup to show for it. It wasn't at that point yet. But, you know, McKinnon mentioned in the uh, interview last, after last season, you know, he's going into his ninth season. He was drafted in 2013 and. He's going into his ninth season, ninth season with nothing to show for. Um, and, you know, at, at that point in your career, you already have want to won a cup or at least had chances to. You know, this was his first chance um, that he was able to. Uh, and the same with Landis Kog. That That extends to Landis Cog, That extends to Eric Johnson. Um, and to a certain extent, Rantanen, not so much, but I'll add him because he's been that core for them. You know, those guys have been dying to get a cup since they joined this Colorado Avalanche team and and they got it. So I I would definitely congratulate them. And then, you know, Tampa Bay, it's tough to do what you guys did, you know, to go back to back. It's really, really tough. Um, The the Penguins were able to do it in 2016 and 17, but it's just it's an accomplishment in and of itself uh, to be able to go back to back. It's it's very hard in this league to do so as well. Um, I feel like in other leagues, it's, it's not as hard, um, but you know, especially the NHL and hockey in general, it's, it's, it's very tough because of the salary cap and all that, uh, to keep a team together for so long to be able to win. Um, so I, I congratulate the Tampa Bay lightning. It's, it's incredible that you guys even had a third opportunity to win, uh, because the likes of that we haven't seen since the 1982, uh, New York Islanders. That was the last team that won uh, three in a row, and you were on pace to do that. And it's just incredible that they put themselves in a position to do so. Um, you know, and and it's it's it, it was just incredible to watch uh, altogether. You know, what a season this was. It's unfortunate that it's ended. You know, I know this is our least favorite time of the season, and when depressing, when, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the off season. You know, it's I don't think. For for I envy some of the people that don't follow sports at all because they don't know what it's like once the season ends, you know, because they don't care when the season's going on, so they're not going to care when it ends. But the season ends and you just you know, eight o'clock, seven o'clock hits, and you're like, damn, there's not a game to watch. What do I you do know? with myself? Exactly. <laughs> like, do I go to bed right now? It's only eight p.m. Do I go to bed? Yeah, or... eat dinner. You know, yeah. like the mail. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, the the the, the um it opens up a lot of time for you and it's, it's uh, it's unfortunate that it comes to an end, but you know, it's the inevitable. Um, But what it also does for me is, Hey, it makes me look forward to next season when it starts. That's, that's huge for me. Um, And with our podcast, obviously, we'll be able to do episodes during the season or the off season, I should say. Uh, Altogether, like I said, uh, you know, this, this off season gives us time to um, make episodes and provide content for you guys when there isn't a season uh which is what i look forward to you know previous to starting this podcast andy and i never had that opportunity uh but now we're in now we're in a position to at least with the time that we have now during the off season not watching games we can you know get together and create a podcast so there's at least some entertainment while we wait for the next season to start so it's yeah. been uh, it's been great starting the podcast and having that sort of cushion when you come into the off season, um, because now we can devote our time to create some uh, some episodes for you um, to preview a couple of ideas for you. We'll uh, we'll do like uh, Andy mentioned. We'll do the off season where we just kind of look at free agent signings and stuff like that. Um, look yeah. for that after July first. I think July first is when that whole free agency opens up so uh when that's when that happens and it seems like it's died down we'll create an episode review it um we're gonna have another special guest on not gonna spoil it but we're gonna have a special guest on in an episode to talk about um where this certain players team is headed and uh you know what the heck is going on in the organization i I can't wait to look for i cannot wait to uh to create that episode it's going to be a blast um and then, you know, we'll also brainstorm other ideas that we can come up with uh, to do for uh, episodes. But uh, but for right now, we got at least those two in mind. And, you know, with that being said, I, I think we'll wrap up the episode here. Um, you know, thanks for listening, everybody, as always. Um, you know, congrats to everybody in the season. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If there's any Avalanche fans listening, congratulations to you. Enjoy uh, the party. So- yeah. Enjoy the party. I hope you guys go to the parade. I actually had a friend. She lives in uh, Colorado, but uh, she's not actually there right now. So she's not able to watch the the cup parade, which is unfortunate, Dang. but uh, you know, anybody who is in the Colorado area, definitely go watch that cup parade. It's always fun to see uh, the cup parades, especially for guys who haven't, who it's their first cup, like McKinnon, Landis, Cog, and, and uh, Branson. And sorry. Um and and yeah. So, with that being said, I appreciate you guys making it all the way here. Um, look out for our episodes during the off season. Uh, be on the lookout for those. And without further ado, until next time, peace, peace out. out.